Dear friends of Christ, throughout history, there are memorable words that have been spoken uh, by famous people. And maybe you've heard these words. Uh, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation. Of course, those are the words of Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. Or maybe you've heard these words spoken more than 2,000 years ago. Vini, vidi, vinci, which means, and that's Latin for... I came, I saw, I conquered. They were spoken by Julius Caesar about all his military conquests. And of course, we say things all the time, phrases that we say. For example, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Or a chain is only as strong as its its weakest link. Or we say uh, uh, it's just a drop in the bucket. And as you think about those phrases, we just say them, and we don't sometimes even know what they mean. And how much impact do those phrases have on your life? Not much, I would assume. But they aren't useful for much of anything. Like I said, we don't usually even know what they mean. But how about these words? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. What about those words? Now, those words are not meaningless. Those words, in fact, are the very reason why you're gathered here today, the very reason why we travel so far to be with family, so that we can worship our Lord God and and appreciate what He's done. It means everything. Everything. Paul says it's of first importance, that which I have given to you, that Christ died and that He rose again. That's of first importance. You take away the resurrection, the church has nothing. Nothing. It all hinges on this. And without the resurrection, there's nothing, there's no Easter. Without the resurrection, there there is no reason to celebrate. There's no reason to gather. Without the resurrection, Easter is, at its best, a meaningless holiday, and at its worst, a cruel hoax. Paul acknowledged that by saying, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then even Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is in vain. Well, but Christ is risen. He is no longer in the tomb. He is risen indeed. And on this festival of the resurrection of our Lord from the grave, we sing about it. And we praise God for it. Jesus is risen, and He shall arrive. Get, arise, give God the glory. Alleluia. We, we proclaim it. We speak it. And with the words of the angels, we hear it. He is not risen. I mean, <laughs> He is risen. He is not here. And again, may those words bring you Easter comfort this morning, and may those words, He is risen, He is not here, bring you Easter joy and Easter confidence. Because that's our theme. He is risen, He is not here. This next week is a busy week in sports. And of course, uh, if you've been watching basketball, you know uh, that it's it's, uh, Villanova and Loyola tomorrow night uh, battling it out for the collegiate basketball. It's not Loyola and Michigan. And Michigan, that's right. Um, and they're battling it out for uh, uh, 
for this chance to be able to win. And uh, so here you've got this, this uh, tournament, and to the victor will go the crown. And then next Sunday, Masters, and somebody's going to don the green jacket. And somebody is going, uh, victor will be crowned. And then again, you have awards that are handed out in business. If you're a top salesman, they always reward that type of person. And if you are rewarded, you receive the crown. We always admire people that wear the crown, that accomplish those type of achievements. But those victories are fleeting because as soon as you wear the crown, you've got to defend it. So as soon as you put the crown on, you celebrate the victory, you've got to prepare to defend it the next year, and those who didn't win it that year are preparing to knock you off your victor's pedestal because they want to win it the next year. Well, in our text, uh, Jesus' mother, Mary Magdalene and Salome, they didn't realize at the moment when they were looking into the empty tomb that what they were actually witnessing was an eternal victory wasn't a fleeting victory. It was the victorious crown of Christ. A crown of Christ that will never tarnish. A victorious crown of Christ that will never fade. A victorious crown of Christ. And nobody will be able to knock that crown of Christ off his head. No one will be able to knock Jesus off his victory pedestal. Death lost. Satan lost. The, de- the, uh, the uh, hell lost. And, and we confess. We confess all that in the Apostles' Creed. We confess that Jesus Christ, He rose from the dead, He descended into hell, and He proclaimed His victory over all the demons and over that satanic kingdom of darkness. Christ is risen, He said. I am risen indeed. Alleluia. And the demons shudder. He is the eternal victor over sin, the eternal victor over death, the eternal victor over the devil. And nobody can knock him off his pedestal. And in fact, that's, a new, that's something for us not to just push aside. That's, that's news not just for us to store away when we're done with all the Easter decorations and say, well, let's not talk about the resurrection for a while. Let's put it away with the Easter bunny and all the other things. Most certainly not. This is a truth to proclaim every single day of the year. And I want you to take a few moments to talk about the great impact that the Easter resurrection has on your life and on mine. Not only right now, but the impact it has today, tomorrow, and forever. The angel announced, He is risen, He is not here. That means that Jesus' resurrection is a guarantee. He's not in the grave. I guarantee you he's alive. He is who he claimed to be. He is indeed the Son of God. He told his disciples before it happened, the Son of Man will be betrayed. He will be turned in, turned over to the enemy. They will crucify him. And after three days, he will come back to life. He is equal in deity to our Heavenly Father, equal in deity to the Holy Spirit. And this is important. Easter proves it. It's an important fact. You know, every year about this time, TV puts on all kinds of religious programs, and TV always gets it wrong, seemingly. Every year about this time, the media claims, uh, who was Jesus really? Who was Jesus really? 
And then, of course, they begin to poke doubt into the account. Uh, they question the historicity of his resurrection. Did he really rise from the dead? And these so-called Bible experts that they quote, I wonder where in the world they dig these guys up at, um, they attack the foundational faith of the humble, the well-meaning Christians who are clinging to the Bible. And these, these men of faith, so-called, deny Jesus was the Son of God. And these false teachers, with their brilliant wit, and I don't mean that sarcastically, they're, they're brilliant men, these men of brilliance, with their wit and intellect, claim that Jesus was nothing more than just a good man, just a plain old prophet. A worthy one, but just a prophet. Just like us, but not the sinless Son of God. However, Jesus' resurrection proves differently. He's not just a man. He's not just a prophet. He died and he rose and 40 days after he died, he wandered around on this earth so people could see him. At one time, he met with 500 people. It was a well-known fact. People had seen him. And it's documented in the histories, in the history of the world. He's risen. He's not here. It means that our greatest spiritual need has been met. And the greatest spiritual need for you, the greatest spiritual need for me, is that my sins are forgiven. I need God to look aside the old contract, the Old Testament, the old covenant, where God gave us the Ten Commandments and He said, here are my ten rules. Not only do I want you to know them and have them memorized, I expect you never to disobey any of them. And if you can obey all of these commandments, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. And we shook hands with God and said, we'll do it. We'll, we will obey these commandments and then we will be your people and you'll be our God. It wasn't long before God was accusing the people, you broke the covenant. You broke the contract. And so Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to give a new contract, a new testament. And here's the deal. This is going to be a unilateral, a one-way deal. God is going to shake our hands and say, here's a deal. I'm going to forgive your sins and remember them no more. And that's the only way you can be saved. I have to do all the work. I have to send my Savior. He has to suffer and die. He has to rise again. He has to bear the punishment of your sin. He has to endure hell for you. And once all that is accomplished, it's been accomplished through my Son, your sins will be forgiven. And we say, well, what's left for us to do? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And we say, well, how do we know all that's happened? How do we know that the contract is good? Because he proved it when he rose again. He proved it when he came back to life. He is risen. He is not here. It means that heaven belongs to us now. Heaven is our home, not here. The Bible says we are pilgrims just passing through. We're on a journey. And the journey is to eternal life. And Jesus died to prove it. Because he went to the next life. He ascended to be with his Father, and he proves it with the, that his words are true. The Apostle John recorded these words of Jesus. Just before he died, he was speaking to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. 
If it, were, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. And then Jesus died and he rose again to prove it. There is a heaven. It's filled with many rooms. There will be a new kingdom and a new earth. And God will resurrect your body and he'll put you on that new earth for forever and ever where there'll be no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. How do we know that? How do we know the Lord is going to take us home? He rose. He is risen. He's not here. means death is certain. However, death does not have the final say. Death is not the victor. Satan is not the victor. Jesus is the victor here. He stands on the victorious stand. And so all who believe in Jesus Christ, death now becomes a doorway. Death is the doorway, the gate to eternal life. In fact, Christ's resurrection, you could even say His his resurrection is mine. Because He lives, I will live. And that's exactly what Jesus promised. That on that last day, when He comes again, the resurrection of all flesh, of all believers and unbelievers, all the bodies will be raised in the grave. The believers first will ascend with God into heaven to be saved. All the unbelievers who will be raised to their eternal hell and perdition. And on that day, God will give us glorified bodies. How do we know? Because He rose. He's risen, He's not here, means that Jesus is God. Again, listen to the words of Paul. God raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him at God's right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is to be named, not only in this age, but also in the age that is to come. And God will put all things under Jesus' feet, and He gave Him as head over all things, even to the church, which is his body in the fullness of all who fills all in all. Christ rose to prove it. He is the Almighty. Christ's victory is now seated at the right hand of the power of God, and he will return victoriously. How do we know it? Because he rose. He's coming to claim his kingdom. How do we know it? Because he rose. And we confess that in the Apostles' Creed. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from thence he will come back to judge the living and the dead. And so we rejoice in the victory that we've gained through Jesus Christ, through his suffering and death, through his crucifixion. We rejoice in the victory that we have received through his tears. Victory over sin, victory over death, victory over the devil. And his victory is ours. How do we know? Because he rose from the grave. And it proves it. There is certain victory in the death of a Christian. Death is not a punishment for you. Death is not a punishment for me. The Bible calls it a gateway. A door to heaven. That's what the book of Psalms says. We have this prayer. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And I will not die, but I will live And I will proclaim what the Lord has done. Remember we said that just a little while ago, Psalm 18, we read that. And then we also said, open to me the gates of righteousness. He says, he talks about death as a gate. Open for me the gate of death, the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them. And while I'm dying, give thanks to the Lord for this is the gate, death. 
through which the righteous may enter. How do we know? Because Christ is risen. He is risen. He is not here. Means that death is the gateway to eternal life. Psalm, 16, uh, Psalm 16 we read, You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So joy begins with Christ, joy continues with Christ, and joy ends with Christ and never ends and goes for all eternity. My friends, I want you to know the joy of Christ. I want you to know the joy, the certainty of what the resurrection means for you this day. I want you to know the salvation that you have in a God who loved you so much that he sent his son and punished him in your place. I want you to know what the victory means so that you can stand on that podium and nobody can knock you off as nobody can knock our Lord and Savior, the victor, off of his crown. I want you to know what it means to be made right from, with God that you have the forgiveness of sins, the body and blood of the resurrected, resurrected Christ living in the bread and living in the blood and coming to assure you of all that. And I want you to know the joy and the comfort that you have even in the midst of your sorrows and your griefs as we talked about in the, in the early service. So do you have the joy that's found in the forgiving love of Jesus? Praise Christ, He's given that joy to all the saints. Praise God, He's given it to all the people that we know and love who have died in faith and are now in heaven. The Easter lilies we have in our chancel, they're given in memory of our loved ones. People who have died in the faith and now their soul waits safely in the presence of God until that day of the resurrection of all flesh. And how do we know they'll rise then? Because the resurrection proves it. So rejoice in our Savior, for to the victor go the spoils, and Jesus is our victor, and he is a true joy of life. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And that's not an April Fool joke. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.